It's longer time. Yay! Yay. Lager Time, Poems, Stories and Thoughts, by me, Paul Cree. Who else? Greetings, what's happening? Bonjour. Welcome to Lager Time Poems, Stories and Thoughts and that. This one is a not quite live edition. This is the second one. I did this for the first time a few months back. And it was good fun. So I'm doing another one. It'll be a little bit shorter tonight. So really what this is, is me going through a set of poems. Uh, I won't be doing any music tonight because I'm not ready on I haven't practiced anything on the loop station in a while. So tonight it's just about poems in light of a gig I've got coming up this Friday. Poetry and Papa Doms in Wood Green, Caramel, North London, uh hosted by a man like Paul Lyles. And it's headlined by Michael Rosen, who's a bit of a legend in the UK here in the literature and poetry world for Children and adults, so I, I think it's sold out. I would love to say it's because of me, but I'm 99% sure that it's because Michael Rosen is on the bill. Uh, so I'm doing this on Friday. It's the first gig I've done in a while. Uh, I did that little festival thing back in the summer at Shambhala Festival, which is a story thing. It's been a while since I've put a set of poems together. In fact, the last one was Poetry and Poppadons. Uh, about 18 months ago so thank you Paul Lyles for keeping me going in this keeping me in the game mate alright so tonight it should be about 25 minutes I guess I'm going to bang through uh, a few little pieces be a, a few longer ones a few shorter ones a few in between ones what I'm trying to do is put a set together and it's been a while since I've done it and uh, I'm a little bit nervous but also a little bit excited but also kind of like I've got this, haven't I? Lager time. What a place for me to be able to practice. And if you're listening and you do listen to this and you stay listening, thank you. I'm a lucky boy. Um, so I've been a bit quiet on, on the lager time. Uh, not because I haven't got anything to put out. I've got a story more or less ready to go. It's recorded. I just need to do a little bit more production. But I uh, almost lost my voice. So I've had this horrible cough really since new year's and uh i'm i'd like to think i'm out the other side of it now but uh yeah i, I couldn't it was horrible and a couple of times I almost lost my voice so i wasn't able to do any recording or anything like that so i recorded the the, the latest or the second part of this story that i put out I, I can't even remember when maybe the start of this year or just before christmas i can't remember uh, which is about going to an under-18s event. So I've got the second part ready to go. And there's a, another story in the works um, called Rooftop Raiders, which I've not finished the the draft of it yet. But that's in it's all a work in progress, I suppose. But there is stuff good to go. I'm hoping this Friday whilst I get back in action. But of course, really, tonight it's not quite live, meaning I'm not scripting anything. I have got a loose set of poems 
but I'm not planning out what I'm saying. I'm just going to bang through it and see what happens. So here we go. So I've been waffling already now for, um, I think that's in seconds, 110 seconds. But anyway, let's crack on with the first piece. All right. So some of these things, bits and bobs, you might have heard on the podcast over the last year. But here's a little intro. Fingers on the buzzer. I like my morning read. Don't like being disturbed. Focus is finite. There's already enough noise inside my head. Don't need any more. Mrs. is away. Dogs are away. Just me, my thoughts, a book and a tea and whatever peripheral street sounds are coming in through the window. Summer's in, mate. Back door of a jar. Washing now. Let's get down to business. I'm trying to get into this book about employment. So far, it's touched on Marxism and unions and neoliberalism. Just touches that punch like blows to my brain. I have to really concentrate, take my time, rereading paragraphs, try to make it make sense. Got the usual internal racket distracting me with nonsense. Some flyer buzzes in. This thick black one that moves like a pinball on amphetamines. Notoriously hard to catch. They drive my wife round the bend. She zaps them with this barely legal tennis racket that produces a small electric shock like a whimsical execution amusement ride at a 1950s butlins. Me, I'm not so bothered. Usually I just leave them be. Even though they ain't. Today, I am though. It's the final distraction, tipping my focus over the edge to a place I know oh so well, where faded bits of homework barely started, funding forms, unborn projects, undone domestic tasks, old friendships and foes have a permanent home in a some sweaty purgatory of shame and failure. The little prick has my full focus now. I'm wheeling it towards the window. Go on, son, do one. The thing is so erratic, it gets to the window and just bounces off the glass and pings straight back in the opposite direction. What's your objective here, mate? Where are you going? What are you trying to do? Lay eggs? Bite something? Bang something? Don't suppose these flies pollinate? Should ask my mate Leeds. This is his territory. He loves insects. Alas, he's in Greece. So what is it that this prick wants? Is it a proxy agent working for my wife, sending detailed surveillance notes about my activities? Or lack of? Can't be. My wife would never fraternise with the enemy. Her principles are titanium. Look at this noisy prick. That's a lot of sound for a tiny black blob. Just go away, mate. Please. Just go. To be fair, it is a bit nuts. In an interesting way, this hairy black blob nipping through the air like an Apache helicopter over a busy airbase prepping for war. The front line of my living room carpet, Agent Pollen dropping relief sacks onto the floor. It's quite amazing actually, defying gravity like that. Fair play you annoying fuzzy prick. It heads towards the window again. Makes it this time through the crack and out into freedom and just like that peace is restored i feel good relief at last no one was hurt in the airing of this 
and I've now got something to write about. So what was I doing before? Okay, right, there you go, little intro. Right, let's crack straight on to number two. Uh, that's paper you can hear me jangling about. Born Slippery. Must have been around 97. Aside from the names of the few of the big hitters, can't say I knew much about politics. The whole game seemed like a coded language that only a select few slick elitists understood. Though I was curious and often frustrated that they did and I didn't. We were sat in assembly and for once it was a little different. It was announced that some sixth formers were going to be representing each of the major political parties and giving speeches. We then had to vote for who our favourite was. Democracy in action. It was exciting. I don't recall politics ever again being mentioned. I remember the guy representing the Labour Party. He went last and I'm pretty sure was head boy at the time. Good looking, popular, high street clubber and a sheen of cool that filled me with annoyance and envy. He confidently stepped up to the podium to the opening few bars of Born Slippy by Underworld, all drenched in reverb and hands in the air nightclub unity. He spoke for a good while. Yet aside from a few side swipes at the other speakers, I don't remember anything of what he said. Policies, promises, nothing. He looked good though. He won by a landslide. Of course he did. Born Slippy. Big chin. Alright, there you go. Okay, so um little shout out to my mate uh Gary from Leeds in there in fingers on the buzzer. For those that that may know or don't know, Gary from Leeds I know him from he's a great writer and performer. Um he was active on the, the poetry scene for a good while. He's kinda in retirement, though uh I often say we await the second coming. Uh but he um he works with he genuinely works with insects and stuff. He's, he does research and writes a blog. And uh, if you check out Gary uh, W. Hartley on Medium, you'll find a load of his articles about all sorts of things, from bees to fertilizer. And but he writes in a way that makes that stuff um, genuinely quite interesting and easy for plebs like me, basically. Um, so large up Gary from Leeds. Await the second coming. All right, let's go into another one. Sleep locked. I'm Neo in the Matrix when he first opens his eyes. My phone says it's 2am. I've been awake since 1994. There's a stampede of Doc Martin wearing wildebeest trampling my brain cells. Hold tight, Mufasa. My tax return needs doing. In Croydon, there's that pub which puts on shows. What's stopping me? Fuck everyone. No. Not everyone. Just... Some of you, fuck off, please, thank you. I'm watching that project I haven't worked on in two months, stood on a 1950s train platform and I'm sat in the locomotive carriage wearing a school uniform with the socks pulled up, covering my ears over the engine's whistle, looking like the BBC on a Sunday evening. Why were those programmes always about posh kids? I'm Diego Costa with the corner flag in front of a stand of angry fans who really don't like him. 
My sleep cycle was a puncture when someone's cut the brake cables. Thinking about thinking is a feedback loop that will one day short circuit my brain. Writing about writing is for bellends. I'm a bellend. My ego is Queen Elizabeth in an all-black night tracksuit with all her subjects and dignitaries filming a hood video outside Windsor Castle. There's a thousand rap battles that I could be watching right now. Don't start thinking about sex. I'm thinking about sex. Watching porn is like being in the middle of a seaside amusement arcade, unsure where to spend your change. Unplug the power and you collapse into the sea with the pier, treading water amongst the driftwood, watching the tourists abandon the seaside and rush for the cheap flights. Is it possible to be addicted to thinking? I'm a thought junkie relapsing outside any tube station south of the elephant. My face is pressed against the glass of any Zone 2 coffee shop, staring at the backs of the laptops, wondering what are those people actually doing? I'm a swan on a surgeon's table, strapped down being forced for the mochaccino. Each paranoid voice is the sound of a thousand percolators brewing in harmony. Did I mention that I don't like coffee? My stomach is confused and I'm working the early shifts back at the airport again, drinking caffeine, which I know turns my tummy inside out. That geezer from Weatherspoons in the North Terminal who used to sort me out the free teas looked like Steven Seagal. If Lee Gregory had scored half of his one-on-one so far this season, I'd approximate he would have two million goals. There's a ruddy-faced man screaming at the top of his voice at the young academy prospect who tried to do a couple of step-overs to beat a defender. This is like having the shit kicked out of you. Just when you think it's subsided, you slowly rise only to take another boot in the face and the pacing begins all over again. I'm really glad Fizzy Truitts have made a comeback. 3am. I'm going downstairs. Alright, there you go. So that one's a little bit dated. Maybe about five years ago. So obviously is a reference to someone very famous in there. Who is no longer with us in, um, in certain respects. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Lee Gregory left Millwall now. Probably about four seasons ago. Though he had a great season with her partner in Steve Morrison. The year we went up. Legendary stuff. But he was a trier though. And we all respect the trier. <laughs> I'll type Queen Elizabeth. Okay, so we've got a rogue uh, poem in here. And this is not meant to be in my pile. Let's read it anyway. It's a, it's a little short one. It's called Every Day is a Festival. Which is a whack name. Sometimes... <laughs> so, sometimes this living gig feels like one of those festival goers I sometimes see making their way to the fields on foot down windy country lanes, massive backpack taking up two-thirds of their body, various bits swinging off it, pots and pans, sleeping bag, roll mat, wellies, all the while carrying a big box of beers and carrier bags hooked on their arms like a one-man band without the songs. They're vaguely moving in what they probably think is the right direction. One wrong turn and they feel the full weight of all that baggage. One slight stumble and they're on the rash, struggling to get back up, like an upside-down woodlice trying to turn over. And of course, there's no guarantees that it won't rain. Alright. So it's not quite as shit as I, rem- as I remember that one being. But, um, I don't know how that one got in there. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Write it in the comments. Okay, here's the little shorter section. Life-affirming moments, part one. A young man of 19 is rummaging through his wallet, looking for his gym pass. In amongst the receipts, chewing gum wrappers and train tickets, he finds a date-expired unused condom, 
curry flavour. He'd bought it from a vending machine on his 16th birthday. He holds it. He can feel it's gone dry and crusty. He's still wearing too much links and the hair gel is still slooping off his head in wet weather. V-plates are still very much intact, along with his optimism. Never give up, he thinks. <laughs> Alright, uh, what happened to drum and bass? No thanks. Paper trail. Meanwhile, at internet headquarters, a proud-looking man walks into reception. I'm here for my internet file, he says. The receptionist spins around to a grey filing cabinet and retrieves a green folder, handing it to the man. He looks at it, pauses, then walks away, head down. Jazzlock, day 187, guilty conscience. If all them famous writers and poets had the internet too, would they have got half their shit done? Broad brushstrokes. At school, I was shit at painting. Thought it used to ruin pictures I'd drawn in pencil or biro. Time weren't taken to develop technique. Despite the plainness, there was detail in them one nib picks. Colour crapped all over this, so when forced... I'd apply broad brushstrokes and muddy the picture, as that was all I could do. True story, but was that a metaphor, though, Paul? Was that a crafty metaphor? Who knows? Just drinking the tea, no lager for me today. Had a couple of pints last night in Farrington Weatherspoon's large up ruckus tea. Came and met me on a quick one, little two pint, half an hour. Nice little flying visit. At the first session of um, a course I'm leading with City Academy in spoken word, funnily enough. Had the first one in Farringdon last night. Lovely group. Looking forward to getting stuck in with them over the next few weeks. Okay, workshop. Oh, funnily enough. <laughs> They're a bit of serendipity there. Workshop. That's the name of this next piece. That's kind of what I was doing last night. This pen ain't no sword or weapon or any of that bollocks. If anything... It's a minute taker in a meeting bored out of her fucking mind. Imagining decking the dickhead with the white teeth talking over the PowerPoint. Doodling on the paper, inserting silly words into the notes just for her own amusement. A subtle survival technique, aware a combined force of morons have her surrounded on all sides and although she lacks the resources to fight them, she takes solace in the fact that her wage superiors sat around her all feigning interest in the PowerPoint prick, have to lie about it just to get by. Fuck that, she thinks. Alright, a lot of profanity so far, Paul. Okay, not sure how I feel about that. But it's all considered, though. I don't just do it for the sake of it. Even with the stories I've been doing recently where there's a lot of swearing, but it's, it's in there for considered reasons, I like to think. Okay, last one in this bit. Independence Day. There's a big bleak looking rain cloud resting over... Oh, bollocks. Let me start that again. Independence Day. After days and days of sweltering, sweaty South London sun, there's a big bleak looking rain cloud resting over Plumstead, like those massive alien ships sitting above famous landmarks in big global cities, Reminding me of how excited I was 
when I first saw the hypercool 3D trailer for Independence Day, age 13. Hopefully this cloud won't let me down as much as that film did. Alright, there you go, yeah? Um, well, I've managed to blast through most of the pieces. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, actually. Before I, I've got one more, which is a slightly longer one. So, doing this gig poetry on Papa Dons this Friday, Caramel, Wood Green, uh, Big Up Paul Lyles. Um, also, Large Up Niall O'Sullivan, uh, who runs Rusty Niall on the Substack, uh, a great poet. Niall, uh, I, I don't know if he's doing it at the moment, but he has been the long-time host of Poetry Unplugged, which is the... Um, uh, an open mic that run or ran, I'm not sure which one, at the Poetry Cafe in Covent Garden every Tuesday. It's a purely open mic. And me and many of us have cut our teeth there as the first place you go and share poems or even just sit and listen to them. And um, that's kind of where I, where it is where I started doing this stuff many moons ago now, 2007. Um, it's the only place I went to for the first couple of years. But Niall was always very, very nice to me. And um, the first paid gig I got was uh, a gig that Niall ran in the same venue. It was like a monthly night. I think he called it The Cellar. So Niall gave me my first gig just off the back of going to the open mics, really. Um, I think I got paid 30 quid. I remember I was buzzing. And um, on the bill that night was uh, me... Richard Tyrone Jones, uh, who I don't think's doing it anymore. He used to run a night called Utter. Um, and of course, Paul Lyles, who is the host and guy that runs the gig I'm doing on Friday, Poetry and Poppadons. Paul Lyles, Leeds fan. Um, so I met him that night through Nile. And then Paul used to run this other gig called Express Success, which I performed at a few times. And he's been really supportive uh, of me over the years, uh, as has Niall. Um, so I'm delighted to be going to his gig on Friday. I mean, he's the only one that's still giving me gigs these days. Uh, and natural born storytellers, large them up. Um, but yeah, I, he knows how to put a gig on. He's old school like that. He's been running gigs since the 90s. Um, you know, he knows how to host, he knows how to not overload. The, the tricky thing with poetry, I guess, is. If you want to get an audience in that isn't necessarily poetry fans, they just want to have a night out, right? you've got to balance it out. You can't overload them. Um, you know, Not that I'm active anymore, but there were plenty of nights I went to that I suppose I enjoy them, but I wouldn't bring my mates or my wife to who aren't involved in this stuff because it's just like you get like 400 <laughs> open mics and... Um, 25 features and it's like you're sat in chairs in rows and it's just relentless paul runs a really good gig so it's like he tends to have three acts and him hosting so you've got the main act he'll do half hour which is michael rosen maybe he'll do longer because he's michael rosen i think i'm doing 20 minutes and uh, he's got another poet there called celia Bax, who i met last time i did this gig who was really good and she'll do like 15, 20 minutes and then Paul will fill in in between. And like he, he knows how to get the vibe right, the music. It's like cabaret style, 
uh, say it's a good night, people socialise there. It's not just about, you know, who's on stage. They go there for a night out, really, and you can eat and things like that. But you really, I don't know, to me, that's how it should be done. Um, when you strip away, like, the open mic stuff, which is important and has its place. If you want to put an event on, a gig on, and you want to get Joe Public coming in and getting them interested in this stuff, to me, that's the way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, short and sweet. So, anyway, large up, Paul. Um, for for putting me on, um, I hope I do a good job. So some of them you've had tonight, I'm probably gonna put together. And um, basically, what, what was I try? I've a long winded way of saying right. So all the stuff I've done is relatively recent in terms of like the poems, and maybe in the last three four years, which for me is like recent. I had a whole set that uh, I did for a number of years most of which is featured in, in my book, The Suburban, which came out 2018, which you can purchase from my website, paulcreed.co.uk forward slash shop for a mere £10 um, or whatever. I'm open to negotiation. But of course, Paul's gig is really good. It's the kind of one where people will buy books. Uh, he's cultivated an audience that, that are ready to support and, and whip their wallet out. Um, so I've always sold books there. So I've got to do something from the book which I'm kind of done with all of that stuff really but I don't suppose anyone else gives a shit whether I'm doing new things or old stuff but anyway so here we go I remembered this one yesterday and yeah, so I'll do this one off the top of the nut this is in a book a little amusing story from my youth called Lost Days Lost on the pavement by the car the copper boot stamps the cherry on the cigarette flick from the window of the uno that was sitting and shitting it scared will get nicked cause there's a big bag of weed that the copper hasn't seen in the lights of his squad car parked next to ours like a product in a window illuminated by a glow we threw it out the window when his lights were on show and now we're sitting there praying any minute that'll go cause if who sees it then who sees it and it cost a lot of dough it was a quarter and it was worth 30 squid, probably 40 squid. We're only 17, but we nearly always skint. We're students, so we're shelf stackers, just one in a zoo. And we're too young to govern pubs and start drinking booze. And any time we do, some trouble always happens with some little goldfish who think they're North Atlantic salmon. Geezers doing pigeon chest demanding who we know. Squaring up by circling all their mates in tow. We're only 17, but we've been here many times, so we'd rather sit in cars, smoke some weed and have a laugh. Slagging off the music being played in the charts. Playing drum and bass and garage spitting rubbish bars. We don't mean any harm, that's why we're sitting in the park in the PM when there's no one else around in the dark. The copy is demanding that we step out the car. He asks all of us, are we known to police? He turns to look at me and I say, no, sir, no me, but in the corner of my eye, I can see that bag of weed and I know my eyes are red and there's chocolate round my mouth and crisps down my jumper and my head is full of doubt. I'm afraid and I want to run away, but I can't really run because I'm feeling pretty caned. And now I'm actually giggling and so are my mates when I know on the floor is the weed just jars away and the copper has a torch that is shining in my face. He's almost square enough to be a sense of grub and rage but instead he just says that we're free to go away and when he was our age he was out getting laid pulling birds every week and we should do the same. 
We watch him get in his car, eyes off on the weed, still sitting high, lighted by his headlight beams. And as he pulls away, we all feel relieved. We grab the bag of weed and get back into the car. There's a moment of silence, then we all begin to laugh. And I laugh hard, but underneath the laughs, my heart is beating fast like a fuel injector car. Can't believe we got away with that. And I got away with it as well. Remembering the words off the top. Still got it, or something like that, anyway. All right, so we'll come to the last one now. Um, quite like this little piece. Um, it's called Times of Respect. So I wrote this maybe four years ago. It was for uh, an event that I, I don't know if it's still going. But it was called um, Rap Party uh, by a great writer, Inuit Elohims. So he puts on these events So it's like, you get a load of poets that that have been inspired by hip hop. Um, so it's all kind of hip hop inspired poets, and he puts on. I think he's, he's taking a gig all around the country at various different places, and he has a DJ, and they show videos. And I did a one where they had like a, a like a, a dance crew, and in between pieces they would do little um, choreographed movements and stuff. It was sick, but it's a really good gig, and I was quite pleased with this one when I wrote it. Uh, I, I've mentioned probably a lot on the podcast and in the stories. I, I come from a big family. I'm one of seven kids. And everyone in my family is into music. And I'm number six. You know what I mean? So dinner time was always keep your mouth shut, Paul. Until I started yapping. Okay, so this is called Times of Respect. And then we'll lock it off after that. I don't know how long I've been going on for. The counter on this... So I'm using Cubase. Upgraded to Cubase 12 artist. But it's like, it, it's giving me 872. I don't know if that's seconds or minutes or whatever. It's not minutes. I don't have the mathematics skills to work out what that is. But anyway, fade to the background. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're about Friday in London, pass through. Um, Check out some of my other stuff. If you're interested in the music, you heard me sort of rapping a minute ago. I've got an EP called Toast in the Machine. Uh, Five-track self-produced EP um, that I put out in November last year. You can get it on all streaming platforms. Toast in the Machine, Paul Creed. Um, and then, yeah, check the rest of the podcast. Large up Rusty Nile, Nile Sullivan. Large up Gary from Leeds. Large up Paul Lyles. Large up Catherine and all the DreamArts crew are going to be coming Friday. Um, big up my wife who's upstairs still working. I'm wondering if she even knows what I'm doing right now. Um, and also, large up our little our little female dog today had an operation and she came back and she's all pining and full for her. Anyway, fate, times of respect. I promise I won't waffle this much when I do the real gig. Here we go. Fade to the background. Mid-1990s dinner time, my house. One round dining table, too many mouths. Knives and forks, great plates. Each disc contains the same. Chips, beans, something green and something that passed as protein. Dad's holding court as my siblings talk. School, telly, news, sport. Small talk in the conversational canon. Secondary topics on the family hot list. Top of the pops around this table is music. Not long before the talk turns towards it. 
Turns taken to state claims, each sibling with a chosen genre, worn like body armour sworn to protect. Me, still finding my feet. My siblings, already established with a scene. Techno, grunge, big beat, hip-hop, drum and bass and indie. Final word belonging to dad. Blues and folk man with industry experience. The giver of the music gene overseeing the show. Me, in shadow, eager and keen. Desperately waiting for the conversation to allow me in. I may be 13 but I know a few things and I know what I feel when I feel those things. My older siblings are arguing. The transport and film score. Our underworld underground anymore. It's cars in rush hour. Words fly back and forth. It's Nirvana, the prodigy, Wu-Tang, Ronnie Sides and Europe. I'm poking food with my fork, scanning the traffic reports, waiting for a safe spot to step out, find my lane, set a course. A high-risk manoeuvre with scars from before, yet I'm feeling sure. I'm muse on music too, it's what I live for. Mouths move, words spew, yet my lips remain taut. Each artist's album and song triggers a neuron spurring and a thought. Ideas and opinions bounce around my brain like lottery balls, eager to be drawn. Chances of hitting that winning combination are slim. Hope's light is dim, yet dawn is beginning. I'm only 13, I know a few things. I know what I feel when I feel those things. The conversation moves. Dad observes whilst he chews. My oldest brother turns to the next one. I've been listening to Gangstar, mate. Code of the streets, guru, big tune. Neurons in my brain immediately illuminate. Neural pathways light up like late night traffic on the motorway I'm in My brother doesn't know it But I've had that record on repeat Sneaking into his room whilst he worked the late shifts Removing the 12 inch with delicate fingertips Placing the vinyl on the player Selecting the speed Lowering the needle And imagining that guru was actually rapping to me the beat infectious, the strings serene, and I know that's DJ Premier scratching in between. I read the sleeve. It's code of the streets. It's my time to speak. My mind's gone into rupture. Lottery balls are preparing for departure. Each thought and idea of a golden grain of sand could build castles with my hands. Take the table, let them know I understand. Impress my siblings, maybe even dad. What I'm about to say is about to make a boy into a man. From mind to mouth, each word bound for a sentence rides out like kiddies on water slides. Till they hit the saliva glands and form cement. Doubt seeps in. They start to set. Bottleneck sludge fests in the back of my throat. When the words finally get the green light to go, beyond the pink of the lips, siblings' ears pricked, the sentence slips and flops out into the traffic flow. One messy lump of spam congealed audio. Uh, yeah, I, I like that tune. He's um, guru. He's talking about kids being harassed by the police and selling drugs. And speak up, boy. You're mumbling. Guru, dad, that song. Code of the streets. I've heard it. He's talking about. Dealing drugs and, and kids being harassed by the police. How do you know about this? Dad barks. My oldest brother interjects. Wait a minute, have you been going into my room listening to my records again? Dad, he got this from you. The lottery balls have stopped pinging around. Drop midair to the ground as if someone pulled the plug out. 
The arguing continues. I stare at my food. Dad lectures my siblings about letting me in their room, what I should and shouldn't be listening to. He doesn't know that Guru speaks the truth. The music speaks to me. I'm only 13, but I know a few things and I know what I feel when I feel those things. Fade back to the background. I've got code in the streets in my head on loop. But now, that'll have to do. Alright, so there you go. Large up everyone for listening. If you got this far, thank you very much. Do me a lemon if you like. Subscribe on the Substack or wherever it is you're listening. If you are listening, if anyone's listening, thanks as ever. And uh, yeah, I'll have another episode, satellite story, hopefully out on Friday. So, peas and taters. Nice one. Bye-bye. It's longer time. Lager Time Poems, Stories and Thoughts By me, Paul Cree Who else?